A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. That's Joseph Scrimshaw. That's Jennifer Landa. I'm pointing at them. We're still audio only. Who knows what the future will hold? Welcome to the big show, the main show, the Superstar Destroyer of our fleet. Joseph, how are you? Good. I'm pointing at you. You're here. Finger we all wagon. exist. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do that Disney point, Jen. Ah, the two it, fingers. Is it two fingers or the full uh, the either full one. compliment? Yeah, either one. You yeah. do kind of feel like a like an airline uh, yeah. person. That was it at the Grove too, and I didn't even actually work at the Grove. But if Rick Caruso caught you pointing, oh yeah, you were done. Yeah. <gasps> now, what is so wrong with a whole hand? When I was a tour guide, <laughs> I used a whole hand. Oh yeah, I think a whole like hand a gesture, fine. nice open gesture. Yeah, that's good too. But it's just do never point. Never point. Yeah, that's the rude. Two I, I do agree in general too. I don't, yeah. 
But yeah, the tour guide thing, that's an interesting aspect. Have you written a book about your life as a tour guide? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, that one, the, the full the full hand makes more sense there. So yeah, it's like, yeah. A, it's like you're opening an invisible door. Come yeah. this way. It's fun. It's would, welcoming. Yeah. yeah. I would love your Star Wars character to be a tour guide of the like Jedi <laughs> temple. Like, oh, yeah. Like the, the part that's open to the public, like Universal Studios. That'd absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this great. is the youngling room. We don't go in here for obvious reasons. Yeah. I could great. see that in, in a comic book. Mm. Oh, storyline. Yeah. There should be. That should be the story of the Jedi Temple in the New Republic. <laughs> is that it's a <laughs> it's a museum. The whole planet's a museum. Oh, Coruscant. The oh. whole planet's a museum. Oh, oh, exposition. <laughs> oh, Co Bibble and Rick O'Leary and yeah. others. Hey guys, it's Four Setter, the main show. Like I said, and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com/slash Four Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later in the show, we'll have our Four Center recommends. So support us if you want. Audibletrial.com/slash Four Center. Audiobooks more and more popular. More and more people discovering them, and this directly helps the show. We appreciate it if you check it out. Like I said, we'll recommend uh, a book for you a little bit later. As always, we like to catch up with Star Wars Adventures and see what's going on. And, I, you know, normally it's an open forum here a little bit. I got to start with you, Mr. Scrimshaw, as I always Ooh. say. Um, you posted a picture that was very intriguing over your yeah. wonderful holiday, uh, a little, little Star Wars card game action, so That's to speak. right. You know, everyone knows that famous game from the Han Solo movie, Solo, a Star Wars story, called the Han Solo Card Game, <laughs> TM. Because the <laughs> Lucasfilm didn't lock down the name Sabacc. Uh, but I had a great Friendsgiving. Uh, we ate some nice food, and then we yep. played a bunch of board games. I had bought the Han Solo card game, and it's like, it's real cheap on Amazon. It's like, will you play right. it with me? Uh, one of my friends is a board game designer. Uh, oh, okay. nice. He's an expert on game theory. Right. Uh, and this game is crazy, as, as you know, Ken, from kind of flipping through it. Yeah. It's designed to be really like Star Wars, where it is kind of like strangely deceptively simple rules but then it can be thrown into chaos easily by the dice and then it is weird because there's no betting mechanism so it's just sort of this bizarre (laughs) craziness that happens yeah there is a huge element of luck so yeah. I was just really thrilled that we we played the game once and I I won the Falcon and it's oh. like all right oh yeah yeah and like it's it, the game isn't even like I think if my friends could have found a way to throw it to me so I could win the Falcon they would have done it <laughs> but it's so crazy there's Joseph really needs this and it really did come down to this like moment of luck because there's this weird mechanic of if the Falcon is already on the board and somebody else gets uh, a mm. bunch of credits of a specific color yeah. then they can steal the Falcon at the last moment so it was really dramatic it was like. <laughs> Oh, wow. If the dice hadn't landed that way, my other friend would have stolen the Falcon at the last minute. So it felt very, very, very Star Wars like. I was very intrigued because I did purchase the game. So you're right. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Han Solo card game from the movie. Uh, And I sat there like that kid who had no friends. (laughs) I I was over at Grace's house and she's doing some housework and all this stuff, whatever. She just, you know, she, she. Loves to garden. She's just doing her stuff. And I'm there in the living room on the table my, by myself, playing myself. You're oh, yeah. <laughs> to learn the rules. Hey, you wow. know, a teddy bear helps with that. <laughs> teddy I've told you before. I played Star Wars board games yes. with my teddy bear in my youth. Yeah, there you go. A couple of chihuahuas were there. They yeah. weren't playing, though. But um, I've already kind of forgotten the rules, to, to your point of it's simple yet kind of difficult. I'm already kind of like, well, all right. I know there was like three yeah, turns. yeah. And yeah. But I want to play it, and I want to. Do, we got to do a four center uh, game night with it, and then eventually, I think we got to inter- find a way to introduce our own bet- betting Absolutely. mechanism. Because <laughs> betting yeah. is what it really needs. Because yeah. you would have to just be kind of cocky and insane, yeah. because there's only so much you can yeah. figure out based on 
you know what's happening because it could all change in a second. The silliest thing about it is that the price points are just insane because the there's the credits are look like you know cool credit design, but then you flip them over and they're specific things. Oh. And like the Falcon's the most expensive, uh, which makes sense. But then a Star Destroyer, the Falcon's like twenty five thousand credits, and a Star Destroyer is like twelve thousand. What? And then a TIE fighter and I believe a Stormtrooper helmet are the same price. Like, Wait, what? Palpatine, what have you done to the economy? You have oh. effed everything up. This makes no sense. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Yeah, we, yeah that, that, that'll be fun. We got to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. Because, you know, my joy for the movie solo, like we, we all kind of share here, it, a lot of I was watching that Sabak scene and it was like, GD, they're looking like they're having so much fun. Yeah. I want that fun too. Yeah. And I know there's the actual game of Sabak, and there is a YouTube channel too, guys. I don't even know their name. Small YouTube channel. And they're and much like Hello Greedo, they got Stormtrooper helmets on and they <laughs> sit around and they play Sabak and talk. And I if you're if, if anyone knows who those guys are, I gotta really research it just was this simple fun idea. Yeah. And I like what they got going on, but they're playing the real game of Sabak. So I was trying to learn, but we gotta maybe the four center rules. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we can make we'll some stuff up. up. We'll be creative. And that ends our business meeting on air. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, I know uh, you've oh. had a, you know, you've been f- moving space stations lately, but uh, yes. did you get to have a Thanksgiving? We did have a Thanksgiving. My daughter watched The Wizard of Oz, which has nothing to do with Star Wars. She loved it. She calls it Bizzaby Bobs. Does <laughs> 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 she get the it? same Wizard of Oz? I don't know, but she knows how to say wizard and she knows how to say Oz, but I think she just likes saying Bizzaby Bobs or whatever. <laughs> well, who okay. wouldn't? Yeah. All right. Hidden language. There. Yeah. So almost uh, Ewok uh, like there. You're teaching her really well. Almost. Yeah. And I got this. I got some great artwork for her room. Some Star Wars stuff. I'm throwing in there, and she's nice. loving it. A little Ewok holding a little snack. Uh, <laughs> It's so cute. On a this little, it's a it's a tiny little five by seven uh, piece of art, Ooh. and it looks like it's on like black velvet, you know that kind of style. But it's like this yeah. grinning Ewok holding up a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cute. I, mean, I was like, if she doesn't like it, I'm taking yeah. it in our room. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'd buy that for you. Two bits, two bits right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I was just like, well, maybe yeah. I will put more more stuff, more of her old stuff in my room, all the Star Wars collectibles <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, you just can build it up to when she goes to college, and you're like, I'm taking it all back. Oh, yeah, all. I took Size Noodles back. I took Big Fortuna back, the action figures. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh okay, no, no, no. We're, they're going back on the shelf where they belong, <laughs> not in the hands of a three-year-old. That's good. But but you had a good holiday, nonetheless. Yes, you, yes we did. You didn't play the hard, Han Solo card game. No, um, Star Wars Monopoly, I found to be challenging. So this Sabak game sounds really tough yeah. for me. <laughs> I kept forgetting. I don't remember. Well, it, it has a rhythm to it. Okay. Once you get yeah. going, I do kind of remember the Chihuahuas weren't picking up on it, but I was, and it once I just it. Yeah, only, yeah. I only played it the once. If so. you can get it up to speed, it's kind of insanely fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have so much fun. fun. So we'll do that. We'll do that. Uh, I didn't do anything Star Wars on Thanksgiving. I did watch the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, uh, which is something I do try to do once a year. Uh, now I think it's a Thanksgiving tradition for. Grace and I, and we watched all three versions back to back with only like a 20 minute break between Two Towers and Return of the King. In the extended, you said. Extended. Right. Peter Jackson and all the story's glory. Yeah. uh, That's like 27 hours. We started at 1 p.m. while I was cooking the turkey. Uh, turkey dinner, and we finished about three a.m. Damn, and it was uh, it was worth it. Yeah, and it got me thinking. If they released uh, extended editions of uh, these Star Wars movies, <laughs> I'd be all in there. 
Be all there. Oh, it'd be like a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be like a week. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting discussion about, you know, deleted scenes. I know JJ, I kind of agree with his, like if it's not in the movie, it's not that, but Peter Jackson had to cut it down. It makes sense. It fulfills the story out. So, hey, maybe one day we'll get Star Wars extended edition Snyder Ooh. cut. Rogue One will be like five hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but not correct the narrative. Just like have yeah. like Jin's alive, but she's dead. What's going on? She's and on the beach. Now she's just not. a gallery of beautiful shots by <laughs> Gareth Edwards. <laughs> yes. Random crazy make ups with the camera. Oh. As we always do, we're going to have a, a great topic here uh, coming up here in a bit uh, after we dive into the news about the movies versus the TV shows. This has kind of been a topic that's been sweeping the Star Wars. Wars media discussion world as as we get these announcements of these new shows coming up on Disney Plus uh, versus movies that we may or may not have. Uh, we're going to dive into that, and, and, and I think the the way only Force Center can here in a bit, but we also like to start with a resist, resistance check-in to Star Wars Resistance, and I will report first, I finally was able to watch a complete episode and not Raven's house or home, whatever, <laughs> uh, which, I, by the way, Raven Simone, I big fan, grew up watching her, uh, you know, grow up in front of all of us, uh, and I actually witnessed her Sign a deal at the farmers market. Oh, <laughs> heard really? her manager were right where what? I was getting when I used to work there. She was sitting there, and I heard her like, "All right, all right, that's great. Yeah, let's do it." I don't know what to this day. I don't know what that deal oh was. Oh my gosh! So I'm a fan. <laughs> I just three minutes of the show versus the end of Star Wars Resistance every week. Uh, not a fair trade. But I finally got to see the end of the show. And uh, Joseph, I know you're up to speed with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I know we we're kind of selling you on the show still. Yeah. Well, you just haven't had a chance. You've been. Yes. You've been without internet and TV. Yeah. You've been moving. Right. Got to make time for that quacky and ape. That's the one I'm really yes. pining for. Start yeah. there and move out. Uh, Joseph, your thoughts on this episode here? It was a good one. Yeah. I feel like this was a, a very much an episode of the week. There was some character development. We got to spend a little bit more time with Yeager. We got mm. to hear Griff Halloran not speak, but grunt a few grunt. times. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, what? What <laughs> a, a great, talented voiceover <laughs> with a long uh, artist with a long history here in Star Wars. Listen, listen to the grunts. <laughs> good grunts. <laughs> Her. Uh, it was really cool to just see that amount of racing. Yeah. That, I think that was my big takeaway. It was cool to see the racing. It's cool to see the Guavian Death Gang, and they looked amazing. They did. They did. Yeah. I mean, shiny. Yeah. Shiny. Yeah, those are my big takeaways. It's yeah. like, nice to have a, a, a different focus, having it be about Yeager. It felt very much, this one felt a little bit more back to the, like, mm-hmm. here's a here's a kid's show about lessons. I mean, it is kind of a complicated lesson yeah. about forgiveness, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but mostly racing. Forgiveness and criminal gangs coming to collect their debts. But. Yes. <laughs> you know, like all children <laughs> face. <laughs> Uh, I, I really like the episode. I do, I do totally uh, agree with your point that it, it it's it's a uh, you know not the sitcom format, but like you said the 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 the, the, the story of the week kind of thing. Uh, though it's connected to the big picture, but uh, I finally got my racing. Was yeah. waiting for this, and I loved the character of Marcus Speedstar. <laughs> yes, that was oh a really gosh. interesting poking at the convention yes. of Star Wars names of like some of to have somebody in universe go. That's a dumb name. Yeah. Like, what does everybody think about Skywalker in universe then? Yeah, yeah. And Jaeger, uh, Jaeger actually said, "Well, you didn't think that was real, right?" <laughs> and it's his, it's his brother. And I, I gotta tell you, the reason I think I like this episode, uh, it's not my favorite episode, um, but I really, really like this episode because I, I think I'm becoming obsessed with the character of uh, of Jaeger. He's definitely in that mold that you and I both like of yeah. the uh, the older grumpy guy who's seen some <laughs> stuff, seen some stuff. He's Davos Seaworth. No, but he, um, it, because of the fact that I, at times he might be the only adult in the room so to speak yes and uh, so i'm naturally yes we would be drawn to that but they're unfolding 
the story of the the Battle of Jakku, fighting for his family, all these things, and and a mystery there that uh, got some depth to it. And 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 it's good to see his brother in that relationship was good. So and good to see Dozo without his hat. Good, full amazing, head of hair. yeah, and lots of gray, lots of gray. He's got lots some stress. Yes, I would give anything for a head of full gray uh, hair. Um, <laughs> so that is resistance. We don't dive in deep because some of you ha- uh, maybe aren't watching it. Uh, we do, we'll, we'll maybe do some bigger reviews of the shows that moves towards the end, and I'm sure the episodes will pick up in intensity. But now it's time to check in with the Star Wars news. And Jennifer, not a lot, but doesn't mean it's not interesting. That's right. So back in October, we got the news that Chuck Wendig's limited series titled Star Wars Shadow of Vader was being put on hold after he was fired by Marvel. Wendick had already completed over half of the series, so it was assumed by most that another writer would finish the series and the whole thing would be released at some point to, you know, so we could enjoy it. But not so, says Bleeding Cool News. Retailers have been told that the first three issues are being scrapped and will not be published or resolicited. So do either of you find this surprising that they're just like, forget it, we don't want to deal with it, as opposed to, I mean, it was, it was over halfway done. And they just didn't want to bring in somebody else. Yeah, I, I always jot down little notes, and I, I forgot what I wrote down. I looked down, I saw pointless bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I mean yeah. by that is, like, I just think this whole thing is so poorly managed. Mm-hmm. I guess I, no, I'm not surprised at, at this point in the narrative that they did that because they pointlessly, and in my opinion, stupidly backed themselves into a corner instead of just if they didn't want to work with Wendig anymore, they should have just let this come out. And quietly never hired him again. Yes. Uh, yes. Because now it is. Now we're sitting here talking about it. It's a thing. And, and it is, you know, I think for some people tarnishing their feelings about the, the Marvel comics up to a point. Mm. And for me, it's a bummer because I think that's a really neat idea. Um, we're getting to see so much of the internal workings of Vader. I was excited to see. It's a question that Star Wars fans have been asking themselves if you're alive back in the day since the late 70s. of What does everybody else in the galaxy think of Vader? And we get bits and pieces of that, but a whole thing dedicated to that, to everybody seeing him from different points of view, that's a great and interesting idea. Mm. And now it's just kind of not there, and, and it'll be weird when and if it comes back. Right. Yeah, I, I'm uh, full agreement of what you're saying. I'm just like, wow, talk about bad looks all around for, for what Marvel's doing. And yeah, if... if you know, you have a if that much of a problem with someone, and clearly they had a problem. If this is now even what they're still doing, yeah. um, just let it drift off into the universe, and you can still, you know, there's ways to manage it. And I, I, I saw Windig uh, tweet some out that hey, he's just sorry for the the creators and stuff who put a lot of work into this already. And you know, I totally agree with that sentiment. And just as a fan, and I do still collect uh, and read the Marvel comics. I understand the, those who who might not now, but uh, it's just a fan. Like you, just, I mean, I was so obsessed with this idea. Yeah, really good idea, really interesting idea, something different. And was looking forward to the ones that I think he wasn't going to be writing anymore, which is Acolytes of Beyond, one uh, themed one, I should say. So, yeah, it, it's a loss all around. Just been a been a dumpster fire of a situation from 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 go, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is a shame. Now, forgive me if I mispronounce th- this. A man's name. Star Wars comic writer Charles, I want to say Sewell. It's, it's not, just Soul. Is it Soul? Charles Soul, yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. 
So but was, I would I would have said Sule. So yeah, that was yeah. I was like Soul Sule Soul. Star Wars comic writer Charles Soul did an yeah. AMA with Reddit last week and dropped some hints about what's to come from his area of the galaxy. Soul's second volume of the Darth Vader series is set to end this December, and while he didn't reveal anything specific, he said he intends to follow through on some of the threads he had already begun earlier in the series. So according to StarWarsNews.net, this might include seeing more of the ongoing rivalries amongst uh, the. Inquisitors, and perhaps even the return of Quinlan Voss. When asked about what he's working on next in Star Wars, he said he's working on more than one project and that they are, quote, big things. Ken, what are these big things? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's been uh, just destroying it with this Vader comic. Uh, the, the second, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to call it, because there, there's right. two Vader comics. I always call this Vader, Lord of the Sith, but that's, mm. you know, all, all due respect to Paulus Kemp's book and his great, uh, that, that, that title for that great book. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But Charles Soule's just, he's he's done great. He's done great on the stuff on the main line. Everything he's he's written, uh, the the Lando comic, the first Lando comic, I believe, is in... in you know, uh, Joseph, you you coined that phrase, the Claudia Gray verse with her books. Yeah, I think it, we're getting to this Charles Soulverse point because yeah. he's having a lot of fun weaving stuff in and out. Mm. Uh, so I'm just intrigued. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of uh, I, I love his comic book work, but I wonder if for him bigger means maybe he's doing a novel uh, or maybe he's working on some other media of some kind. Yeah, uh, mm. who knows what all is coming out? But it, the the Quinlan Voss guess is really intriguing to me because I like that character a lot yeah. and that would be really fun to see see a Jedi that we really really know like we got a little bit with Jocasta New in the early mm. parts of that Darth Vader comic right. but that would be really cool to see like a Quinlan Voss limited series that's about yeah. Vader taking him down you know yeah that'd be good. Like, and I know in the early in the series Vader faces that uh, one Jedi the name I, f- I forget I'm so bad with the names in the comics because you're fl- I'm looking at the pictures more than the words sometimes <laughs> uh, the guy I, I called he had the hair, he had the, the ponytail and the, he was shirtless and he looked like a surfer dude uh, and oh, Vader, yeah, yeah. Vader fought him I, like if that had been Quinlan Voss and I would I would have wanted more to Voss's story but I, I'm okay with them bringing in those type of characters um, and, and seeing their stories end or their next chapters in, in these little bits and pieces it, yeah. it really good season for that for that soup there. I think his name was So Cal. I think that yeah. was his actual so, Jedi no. name. So Dash Cal. No. Oh no. my I was gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that name that's was real. So on the nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, excited to have him around. Yeah. Yeah, right. On uh, one of the best things about Star Wars Celebration is getting to meet our favorite Star Wars artists and creators. So Celebration in Chicago is no exception and StarWars.com just recently announced some of the authors who will be heading to the con. Guest authors and artists include Thrawn's creator Timothy Zahn, the wonderful Claudia Gray who wrote Bloodline, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, so many to name a few. Delilah Dawson, who penned the Phasma novel, illustrator and writer Katie Cook, Alexander Freed, who wrote the Rogue One novelization, and many others. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Scott, yeah. yeah, Kevin Scott, author of Star Wars Adventures in Wild Space, and Jeffrey Brown, whose titles include the adorable Vader's Little Princess and Darth Vader and Son Kids <laughs> book. I have like six of them. <laughs> so the Star Wars books panels always gives us some big announcements. What do we expect from Timothy Zahn's appearance? What do we expect from Claudia Gray's? I want them to announce that Claudia Gray is writing a TV series. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want. Uh, That would be very cool. I think that Claudia Gray will still be in promotion mode for Master and Apprentice. Right, right. Qui-Gon and Uh Obi-Wan. It's Zahn, who's like, I think, is a a target for, ooh, 
Ooh, does he have an announcement? Mm-hmm. Because Alexander Freed also has that uh, alphabet alf- squadron. Yeah, the oh, alf- yeah, yeah. alphabet ship soup. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> al- yeah the alphabet squadron coming out. So those are both big names who have something coming out. And right. Zahn's little like, hmm, how about you then? <laughs> uh, and Kevin Scott just recently did that whole great Halloween run for right. IDW. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, but he's also yeah. the one who who wrote the Obi Wan short story in from a certain point of view, which I always go on and on about. So I'd be thrilled to hear an announcement of him having a larger novel because I think he's got a really right. great take on the Star it's, Wars. Which galaxy. which one in from a certain because I, I know Claudia wrote the one Cla- with Qui Gon. Yeah, Claudia wrote the Qui Gon one, and then he wrote the uh, the one of Obi Wan kind of flashing through time at different points just as he was dying on the Death Star and just as he was becoming one with the Force and kind of figuring out what it's like to be scattered across time. That one, I forgot about the one. I have to reread a lot of that book. That is, yeah. It's really good. That was a home run for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, definitely. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, and with Zahn, I think Zahn will be, (laughs) he always sometimes seems like he's like, oh, I've got some ideas. Are they approved? Nope, nope. but I'm going to tell you about them. <laughs> uh, and right. as he should, I get it. He, he's, he's responsible for a lot of this uh, this content uh, in a way by, by his heir of the Empire work. But, uh, you know, maybe less hot chocolate this time around. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that'll be exciting. Yeah. More adventures of Thrawn. Well, that's a question because maybe. Thrawn is probably out of timeline yeah. until you're getting into whatever's going on with him and Ezra. And I think, as I've seen some yeah. people speculating and questioning online, would they allow Zahn to go to what's at the other end of the Purgle trip with oh. uh, Thrawn and Ezra, or is that uh, Dave Filoni territory? Yeah. Only? Oh. Yeah. is a, a fascinating question, because if if Zahn is not doing Thrawn, what's Zahn yeah. up to? That's <laughs> <laughs> an idea. Uh, Dr. Seuss Star Wars story of the day. You know, I've... Uh, <laughs> We've never, I, we, we would never be in these meetings, but I, I can't imagine Filoni fully trusting Thrawn or anybody to tell mm. that story, right? Yeah. And I mean, in a good way. It's yeah. his stuff. He's very protective of that. Um, Thrawn, uh, it's on, Thrawn, one and the same. <laughs> um, it always seems like he got some, he's got some interesting ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> might be, might be a Thrawn prequel. Ooh, the yeah. The Adventures in the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, sexy oh. long hair Thrawn. <laughs> Yes. Well, no, not yes to that. I was thinking about like childhood. I think we mentioned that a while back, right? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah. But I'm okay. I'll say sexy Thrawn with the yes. long hair. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Thrawn you know? colon puberty. Yeah. Coming soon from oh, Timothy Zahn. A young adult novel. <laughs> okay, why not? Oscar Isaac recently did an interview with the Daily Beast where he said that episode nine will pay homage to Leia. Quote, it's a strange thing to be on the set and to be speaking of Leia and having Carrie not be around. There's definitely some pain in that, end quote. While her absence has been felt on set, the Star Wars film will pay tribute to Carrie Fisher's sense of fun and also handle the amazing character that Carrie created in a really beautiful way. I don't know how they're closing out Leia's chapter, but it does sound like they're doing it in a way that we, we as the fans are going to love. Everyone who's been mentioning this has seemed really touched from Billy Lord to now Oscar Isaac. I think there was someone else. It sounds really, really special. Yeah. And I, I, but I, I have no idea what they have planned. I can't even imagine. As 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 uh, same with me. Is what, what's the? Re, could you reread that report? What do you say about the fun? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. It's, just, uh, it's interesting. The the interviewer mentioned okay. it, but he actually never said anything. 
thing uh, okay. specifically. So I don't know what he just, was saying that made them think that. Gotcha. That they're going to recreate Carrie's sense of fun uh, that, within okay. the character. Which, I, which is good. I mean, again, goes to like leading up to episode eight. We're like, oh, Ryan Johnson's <laughs> going to give us this Dark Knight trilogy kind of. Uh, he's got porgs and he wanted to yeah. do a Flash Gordon cereal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, because that's Star Wars. So, yeah, uh, we always sometimes go to this, uh, you know, it's, it's probably going to be tear a tear-jerking moment, but it also, you know, Leia slapping Poe is one of my favorite things. In oh, Western. yeah. Uh, if we get more of that somehow, mm-hmm. some way, that'd be good. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, it is making me feel like more that it is going to be not just, oh, she's present and kind of in the background because they only have so much footage, but it is going to be something in story that it's about legacy Mm -hmm. that it is that she has passed on or does pass on and leaves everybody with a final mission or final perspective Mm -hmm. or some way to honor her there's something about the way that was phrased that made me feel like it was really about that forward movement Mm. of not just like I had a fun chat with Leia and what a great scene (laughs) and then she's just not in the movie again yeah but that it has to be more about you know I'm really taking the baton from her and for Poe's character or maybe Cato uh, Connix, mm. uh, Billy Lord, that they're really acting on the wishes we we got to see from Leia. That's mm. the sense that I'm getting too. Is that she's not just a a little cameo, but that she actually is driving the story. I mean, maybe that's where the story starts. It seems like they're they're going to be talking about Leia a lot, even if we don't see her on screen, uh, which I think is really smart. Yeah, I think it's a good way to handle it, as opposed to. Just in the crawl, or just uh, Leia's off on, on a journey somewhere else. Yeah, you know? I think that this is this is the right. It, this is a beautiful tribute, as yeah. everyone keeps saying. I would love it if it is like it's her wisdom that wins the day. She says like I I can't do it, but this is mm. what you need to do, mm. and it's the challenge for our heroes to to follow Leia's plan. Mm. Follow Leia's wisdom would be awesome. Right. That's a good yeah, Star Wars Episode Nine. Leia's wisdom. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great way to say it. And I'm warming up more and more this idea. Not that I was, you know, wow, what a great way to deal with this 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 tragic loss in the real world. But the fact that it's maybe more and more, yeah, it could be something more than just a clip of her talking to Maz on the on the Dakar base reworked. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I like that, and and I, I I full trust in what they're doing. They wouldn't do this if they felt if they didn't feel they had it right, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So that is rounding out the news, although we never know what can break in between now and the release of this episode. We never know. We never know. George Lucas not making an Obi-Wan movie. <laughs> All right? <laughs> not making an not Obi-Wan yet. <laughs> Not yet, indeed. Not yet. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we move on to the main topic, which is movies versus TV shows, that is a databank brawl here on the main show. <laughs> uh, we want to do our Force Center recommends of an audiobook we think you should check out. Joseph, what's today's selection? We are recommending Dark Disciple because it's super cool and also because it is something that started as a TV show that got turned into a book. All these weird mediums crossing over one another in Star Wars land. Love it. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Again, Christy Golden's Dark Disciple. A lot of Voss, a lot of Ventress. And our favorite Dooku. No, 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 he's not our favorite. What am I saying? We need more Dooku. He, he, he's becoming more and more. He's pretty like, awesome. I love diving into that guy. All right. <laughs> Dooku. Count Dooku. Main topic today, as I said, movies versus TV shows. And yeah, we're going to answer that. We're going to dive into, uh, does it have to be column A, column B? All of it here. And as I said up top, this sprung up. Uh, the idea of, well, we got uh, The Mandalorian, Cassidy Andor, what else? And could some of the ideas that we thought were coming down the pipeline or wanted to be down in the, coming down the pipeline be turned into TV shows? And what does that mean for Star Wars? It's big questions and a lot of fun, well, responsible speculation about <laughs> what might be coming. So, Joseph, what do we got here, movies versus TV shows? Yeah, yeah, I think exactly what you're saying. We're really in this crux where we have this announcement of two new live-action TV shows, fully confirmed. And then on the other side, we don't have any fully confirmed movies. We know Ryan Johnson's working on Trilogy. We know uh, Dan and Dave are working on however many movies they apparently <laughs> want. As but many as they need. Amazing yes. point to be. I don't think many of us looking forward to uh, late 2018 would say, 
there's no Star Wars movies confirmed after episode nine. So mm-hmm. that to me is what really fuels it. This confirmation of TV shows versus the lack of confirmation mm-hmm. for films. So there's this possibility arising that Star Wars might live more on television than in the actual movie theater. So I just want to start with your gut reactions to that. What is your instinct for the balance between Star Wars existing like it always has in the the big dark room of the theater versus the small dark room of your living room? Mm-hmm. Jennifer? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a tough one and I've had to really wrestle with this. I believe that the future of Star Wars lies in television. Mm-hmm. I think that what's going to happen is it's just in general movies movies are changing. You know, it, it movies are getting riskier to make. Obviously when you have a franchise, there's a lot less risk, but you're still spending a lot of money and I think that they really felt burned by Solo. And so I think what they're recognizing with Star Wars, whether or not it's true, is that Star Wars fans like the idea of having an event when they go to the movies. And so giving it time to breathe in between movies is going to be crucial. Um, And I think it's just going to really start to live more. It's going to just become uh, more of, of our regular lives where, you know, it's like with Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead, where you have this must see TV they're really plunking down on the Disney streaming service. And so that, I think, is where we're going to get a lot more Star Wars content, which is also going to help them in terms of merchandise. It's going to, you know, they can sell merchandise that way. Um, I just think that everything's moving more towards streaming and TV. Interesting. Yeah. Ken? What does Gladriel say at the beginning of the fellowship that I just watched and I can't remember? The world is changing. Yeah, a lot of change coming in the way we already change coming in how we take this in. But my gut reaction, which is what you're asking, my gut reaction is, you know, I'm a little a little sad there's not a movie in 2020 announced or planned or coming, and I don't think there will be. I just don't think, unless they're making it in secret now, mm-hmm. it's just not, not going to happen. And I am excited for TV because we've made the big switch, and, you know, we all got our, you know, <laughs> look at the TV I had in my room. I think it was a, a, Com- a Commodore 64 computer monitor in 1998. <laughs> now I got, you know, one of these, uh, you know, off-branded HD TVs. Uh, the experience is so much different, so much better. I think it'll be okay, but my gut reaction is, you know, couldn't the first episode of Cassio be, uh, Cassian be down at my uh, local theater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think there is that possibility of uh, a continual bleed of, like, that's the thing that they do with Doctor Who, of they mm-hmm. do, you know, the, a premiere episode will have some bonus stuff and it will be in a theater that you can go to and it will sell out. Um, lots of uh, Fathom. That's the the Fathom events, you know. So right. there could be an experience like that where, yeah, it's on Disney streaming, but the weekend after you get to you can go to the movie, but it's still not quite the same thing. I think my gut reaction is that I'm disappointed to see. I, I think a possible overreaction to Solo, mm-hmm. um, but a little bit of happiness of the idea of like, well, maybe this really means that movies are big events mm-hmm. and they're big events not only for us in the real world but in the story and then the television is just sort of this like constant uh pleasing yeah <laughs> trying to think of the the right noun <laughs> i didn't want to say dribble, dribble. this constant uh <laughs> pleasing delivery, delivery of mm-hmm. of star wars right to your door but i don't want to lose that communal right. uh, experience 
and I hadn't even really thought of that, but something you said, Jennifer, uh, comparing it to Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, those things can be communal because they're one a week. Right. Yes. Uh, so that'll be really interesting to see what Disney chooses to do if they do go like, hey, it's Saturday starting at midnight. Everybody, you know, just binge all 10 episodes of Cassie and Andor. Or is it like everybody gather around your streaming device because on Friday at 4 p.m. Yeah, right. The I, first episode of Cassie and Andor drops and then come back next week. Mm-hmm. I have some pretty strong opinions on that. I don't want it to be bingeable. I don't want it to be bingeable because yeah. I need that that water cooler vibe. That's what I think makes Game of Thrones so fun. The the, the discipline of anticipation right. of, oh, what's coming next? Um, I, I, I binge a lot of things. And I love binging a lot of things, but man, that would really add to the Star Wars feel to this event. Yeah, absolutely. Man, and you're right. I didn't even think about. It. I mean, it was it was our, our friend Maud Garrett, my old Jedi Alliance co-host, who hosted the Doctor Who event, right? Uh, uh, didn't yeah, they, I mean was that was a, on BBC America. BBC that was a different thing. Different thing. Yeah. Okay, so, but yeah, in previous times they've, they've done, done this that. with Doctor Who episodes. Well, then put yeah. it all together and do it for Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Jennifer Landa hosts the live <laughs> event. <laughs> the but yeah, Fathom be, event. You yeah. could still create that sense of community. Yeah, right. You're so right. Right. That, yeah, that, that would be important. really, really cool. Uh, and then yeah, you'd have to do the whole uh, time zone dance. But yeah, so it goes. So it goes. <laughs> Uh, so I, I want to point uh, paint a specific picture. So let's imagine that you know we're lucky, and there's two or three new limited TV seasons every year. It's like maybe eight or ten episodes, something you know, nice and compact. And we're getting two or even three of those a year. But movies only came out every two or three years. Would you be okay with that? It's kind of a different way than we had been looking at the future of Star Wars when Disney started down this path. I, yeah, I'd be okay with it. it, it it'd be, you know, I'd be a little grumpy five-year-old f- at first. <laughs> I'm just, we've all gotten used, used to this now. We even look at, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it in December. We don't have a Star Wars movie in December, and people are already feeling that void. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be a little grumpy, but unfortunately, time moves pretty fast. Like, the fact that Game of Thrones Season eight's already here, and it's been almost a two-year wait, yeah. is, is, you know, you're like, ah, move, it goes pretty fast. So, yeah, I'd be okay with it. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I like slowing down the pace to make it a little hmm. bit more special. I mean, we're going to be having Galaxy's Edge. We're going to be getting you know this this these uh, TV series and whatnot. So there is going to be a lot of Star Wars to consume, a lot of books, a lot of comics. I've I don't feel it's not like everything is going away and we would just be having the movie every two to three years. You know what right. I mean? If it was just that, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need those William Sonoma cookie cutters, you know, the yep. Star Wars cookie cutters. So, yeah, it's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see if it does uh, evolve into that, which does make some sense to me because there were a decent amount of people who like, I like Solo, but it just feels like a small adventure. Which doesn't bother me. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But if the movies did feel like it's a big event, um, and then there's just kind of constant hum of Star Wars everywhere else, I wonder what that does to the process of merchandising. Mm-hmm. Because Star Wars has always been like, hey, here's Darth Vader, here's Darth Maul, here's Kylo Ren, here's the, the things that are in the cinema that everybody goes to see. But streaming service you don't need that same i wonder if it's going to get to that size where like you can walk into target and of like of course there's the mandalorian action figure mm. or will the streaming service not rise to that same kind of level that can support all of that merchandising that's a great point this is why i say this is how force center can discuss it because if this was abc 
everyone in theory would have access to it versus Disney Plus uh, and the monthly fee. All right, and that's something. It's like what's the Star Trek show, which I I hear. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery. Discovery, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. on, on the CBS All Access. Yeah. You know, I hear I hear good things about it, but I don't have that. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm a casual Star Trek fan. I would watch it. It should be called the CBS All yeah. Access for two months. Cancel it. Wait until the next <laughs> season of Star Trek Discovery because that's what people have been that, doing. That's what they've yeah. been doing. So that's an interesting. Yeah, and that's that's or sharing the password things. Uh, so to but the merchandising is. You're absolutely right. It is an event as well. Yeah, it is an event as well. They'll have to adjust, and you know, you and I will turn the corner at the Target toy aisle and still be happy regardless. But you still have to. That's a business concern. Yeah. What do you think about that, Jennifer? I think that when I what I think of is the Disney Junior app, which has all these shows, the, uh, Nick, Nickelodeon Junior, right? And and the kids get sucked into these shows, and then they want to buy everything that they see. Oh, hmm. Nella the Princess Knight. I want to get her sword. I want to get her shield. And so I think that merchandising is going to probably shift, and I think that they're already trying to figure it out, where it's like, we have the adult collectors, like us, and then you have the kids who want specific kinds of toys. They're not as pe- we've heard about, you know, pe- the kids aren't playing with action figures as much. My um, well, my daughter is. So I think that... Uh, your daughter's great. I, She's the just, future. I just think that they're going to have to maybe introduce some more like Star Wars, like re- like really ki- kid shows, I guess like Resistance, but even younger. And yeah. I think that that's going to change it. Because when I've gone to the Star Wars aisle at Target, it's kind of kind of sad oh it is it's really changed from when the movie first came out the force awakens to now and uh you go to the the disney section well the 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 little i don't know they call it the little girls area and it's i know it's filled with all the latest duck mcstuffins and you know the the little whatever they're called oh those genies shimmer and shine and the barbie stuff okay that's popping That's popping there. <laughs> Star Wars. So they, they've yeah. got to change the model is yeah. what I'm trying to mm. say. And the television, I think, is going to shift that. Okay. It'll be really interesting to yeah. see how the action figures of Resistance go, since Resistance is not a big cultural thing that everybody's watching, but they're really pushing those uh, a more comprehensive line of action figures than for some of the, the films. You're right. So it'll be interesting to see, since it's geared towards kids, if it will move those action figures. Do they advertise the action figures for Star Wars Resistance on, because I don't watch Disney XD. Do they advertise it? Not yet, but I don't think the figures are out yet. Oh, they're not out yet. Yeah, no, no. That will be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. There's also just a lot more toys for kids to choose from. There's a lot more like, not necessarily cheap toys, but there's just a lot. It's not like how we were growing up. I know what you mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there's, like, these random brands that they're not Hasbro, they're not, you know, like, Mattel. They're just these, like, 1-800, call call to get this thing that wraps around your arm. Yeah, I think think it'll just be fascinating because I think everything will just move so much faster. And we've had years of, like, big, specific, iconic, and even through the sequel trilogy, like, you go anywhere and you can get a Kylo Ren something. You can get a Kylo Ren, you know, birthday plate. You can get a Kylo Ren bed sheet. And I just don't think think this is all going to move so fast. And I don't think you're going to be able to get a Cassian Andor bed sheet. Yep. I mean, and I want one right now. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> right, right. They're gonna have I've to pick and choose. I've been sleeping on this since I was six years old. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, along those lines, I am curious about if Star Wars exists more on television. Does it build 
more of a gap between intense fans and casual fans. I think that gap is growing and it's just natural. And I don't think there's anything really wrong with that uh, because people of our age, you, you grew up with Star Wars. You're a big you watch those three movies, you watch them a bunch on VHS and then DVD, and you're a big Star Wars fan. And now yeah. it's books and it's TV shows, and it takes an investment of time <laughs> to keep up with even Trust. half of it. Will this, will yeah. you have to buy a separate service? <laughs> I get my stack of comics and I do this. <sighs> All right, let's go in. I have a fun mission. Yeah. It's a mission. And it's I fun. love them. And I love them. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know if this will bridge that gap. Uh, the, the pay aspect. I mean, you really have to want it, right? And then when these get announced, I see on Twitter. One of the reasons I'm less and less on that machine uh, these days is, you know, I it, it, I don't think it's intentional, but some people rob it even my joy of. Oh wow, casting series. Uh, what's next? A, a Gonk series. Uh, and then those are funny jokes. What's wrong with that? Uh, well, nothing's wrong with that. <laughs> and those are funny jokes. That's a request, yeah. Lucasfilm. <laughs> we will make them. I, I still want my Mon Mothma Cricks uh, made in uh, bed and breakfast rom com series. Oh right? I used gosh. to joke about that. And Mothma oh, Towers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I so I don't feel bad. You know, I'm not upset anyone making those jokes. But it's like that seems to be the immediate go to is oh these so now what are they going to do? Who's this guy? And uh, that might be the casual fan, and I don't see that gap bridged yet until it becomes appointment viewing. Yeah. Until people are like, oh, have you seen? Oh, my gosh, you got to see, and that word of mouth maybe can can do it. For right now, I, I see it as, a, as an intense fan-centric thing. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, and maybe a better way to look at it is not uh, it, us versus them in terms sure. of casual fan, intense fan, but maybe there's just going to be much more of a, a gradation yeah. through all levels of, of fandom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the actual content. So depending on the writing, I think television shows can get bloated, even if they're a limited series, and you get all sorts of information and lots of peaks and valleys in the movement of the storytelling. And then, as we know, we've talked about, movies can be overly sparse, uh, particularly when it comes to sort of mm, background political information and that. So as Star Wars fans, do you prefer knowing too little so you have to imagine or do you prefer knowing almost too much where it's getting like, oh, wow, we know where Cassian shops. We we know his breakfast diner now. <laughs> uh, I guess the, the question is, like, how much is Star Wars about that tip of the iceberg where you just hear about an idea and you get to imagine about it versus a television show where we'll probably just get a lot more information? I, w- I want... I want the answers when they're needed. Does that make sense? Yeah. In the sense of I don't I don't need a checklist of here's this and here's that. That's part of the fun of a fan of of even still wondering. Uh, that I, I love the videos and you know uh, Alex Star Wars explained put them out of the time. I watch those and go oh okay. But I love even with Game of Thrones, which George R. R. Martin just doles out so much history. I still like kind of play, figuring out for myself versus just having it all rolled out in front of me. Uh, so I, I think I, I, I it's a, a melting iceberg. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> give me the bit of information. Give me when you need it. Resistance so far is doing a good uh, a good job of that. Yeah. Here is the information about Kylo Ren attacking this village, but also it's a fun race show. You know, yeah. I, uh, I, I kind of 
want that balance, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. How about you, Jennifer? It's exactly it. There's a real fine balance of like having, you want it to have depth. You don't want it to be just all surface level, but I don't want to feel like I have to have read something. It should be able to stand on its own and it should intrigue me enough to where I then want to know more about a specific thing. And so that to me is is good storytelling. And so far I feel like all the films, Rogue One for me, I felt like Catalyst did I was mm. it was very oh, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it was very yeah. helpful reading. But I feel like all the other films for me, I've I've just enjoyed watching them. And then naturally I dive into the books and I want to learn more. Yeah. Or just your imagination or your yeah, discussion, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think for me, I don't mind spending a little bit more time with the character and getting to know their internal world and how they feel and and you know, different things that if we think the character really believes X, then they run into Y and X gets challenged and all that great stuff uh, that is that is drama. I want more of that. I think I want, uh, I would love a focus on constantly reminding viewers that the Star Wars galaxy is weird and vast. Yeah. That, like nobody in the galaxy can really know everything. That there are always new planets to be discovered. There are always new conflicts to be discovered there are always weird new creatures that this character is like oh yeah i, I ran into a snapplegorf <laughs> once in this asteroid belt <laughs> but i've only ever talked off. to two people who've ever seen a snapplegorf right. and like keep keep reminding us that there's more and more out there keep giving us that flavor that from the very first film when when mm-hmm. they say clone wars and you're like what is mm-hmm. that that's just enough to make you imagine mm-hmm. I, I feel like it really it needs that and then, and then you're rewarded when you get the information or you find the information. You yeah, know, you know, Rogue One's a great example of how it might have been not done wrong, but like a lot of people felt a little, little more lost in them. So, Solo, despite all the deep cut references, I think Solo stands on its own a little bit better. It's a simple: here's this, here's that. We're going to do this. Rogue One, you're kind of, you know, I think it relied a little bit on do you know the story just overall Star Wars. Yeah. So, right. Um, I, I think in the end, yeah, that's uh, don't don't put information before story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but also we got another world. So, uh, talking about the scale, uh, just to make sure and check myself and then make sure I'm not making a- assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we want or think the movies will be epic and that the TV shows will be small and focused in slice of the life or, or could it be that the TV shows suddenly give us this, amazing canon really important stuff major moments in in history because certainly clone wars and rebels have done that um what do you think do you want the movies to be epic and do you want the tv shows to be kind of slice of life small character focused thing or do you want them to trade back and forth Mm. I, I, i would take the trade back and forth but again you know i know um for us, and I definitely don't want to speak for you, Jennifer, but I know Joseph and I have had the discussions about Solo. We understand it's a smaller, quote-unquote, smaller movie, and we love that. Yeah. And we're disappointed that that didn't take with people, but I understand the need for a big third act or a big, you know, and Solo's third act was a little bit different than blowing up Starkiller Base. So uh, I think the show, I, I want them to be more small-scale, but because of, you know, you know, again, we'll go, Game of Thrones will be mentioned 50 times, and you're <laughs> taken down the wall with a dragon... That's what we can have on television now. So if we get, I'll throw, I, I don't know, you know, Battle of Tanab later on in a show, and oh, we're like, yeah. oh, that's what it is, and Donald Glover's playing Land or something. Wow, you know that that will be be fine. But I'm okay with it being smaller. 
Okay, and smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jennifer, how do you feel about this? It's interesting. I, I think of Solo a- as epic, even though it is more, I guess, char- character-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I want my movies to be big. I want them to be epic. I want them to be grand. So I feel like that's what the movies are to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I feel like television is also going to be epic, but I also sit, also think they can play around with these smaller stories. Um, I just think that that's, you know... I, I, it would. I, I personally would love like a Merchant Ivory Star Wars film where we get a you know look at the tailor, a Star Wars tailor who's whittling away in his little cottage, his little space cottage, a Star Destroyer I, with a view. Yeah, oh, I would yeah. love to see that. But I know that we're never going to get anything like that because of the realities of where movies are. I mean, they're not even making movies. Mm. Really yeah, like that. You want like yeah. the Phantom Menace thread about That's the where I was person going. who makes <laughs> exactly. Padme's yeah. clothing. Yeah, Daniel yeah. D. Lewis can uh, star <laughs> a Star Wars that. film. That's amazing. That's that. a great. Uh, next time he makes, uh, there should be a gunk movie. Like, but what about <laughs> <laughs> Padme's Taylor? Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it's it's a really fascinating thing to me because I really do love Solo, and it was I, I think just changing culture. I was amazed by how many people said like, but you need to see it. How does it change the story? Because right. People have gotten used to uh, Game of Thrones and in particular the MCU where, well, you can't miss Ant-Man and the Wasp because there's a thing at the end that relates back to the next one. Right. So if if TV shows has to be what happens so that we get to see these character focused slice of life, then I will accept that. Mm-hmm. And it will be fun to, to see the movies be like huge. The galaxy is at yeah. stake in every second. Uh, mm. Be fine with me. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Marvel film and TV show disconnect because the MCU is always held up as this great shining example in the movies. But at some point, the MCU uh, in the the movies and the TV shows don't get along as well as they should. And the TV shows get a little ignored to the point of being a little frustrating sometimes. I think um, Netflix has all those great street level characters. And you want to say, like, well, why isn't Daredevil helping with Thanos? It's like, well, because these two people don't get along in the real world. Um, (laughs) Do you think that Star Wars has set itself up with the story group, with, uh, you know, people working behind the scenes like Filoni to manage that? Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I hope so. I hope this isn't that big question of is everything connected in Star Wars? I just I just hope. Because I am a casual MCU fan. I go see all the, the big movies and, and do enjoy them and love the connective thread. I think it's impressive. Uh, I haven't taken that dive into the shows because from a casual point of view, oh, if, if Jessica Jones that was in Avengers 5, it'd be another actress. Ah, then why am I investing in the show? It doesn't mean the show's not good. And I've seen some episodes. You know, I get yeah. it. But, you know, so from a casual point of view, yeah, if I was like, here's Star Wars, it's its own little universe. Don't worry about it. Cassian's not even going to mention the empire you know, or something like <laughs> yeah then it would uh, i think that would affect uh, the viewing maybe not my viewing as a hardcore star wars fan, yeah but i think you gotta work harder and i think they will yeah to yeah have it matter jennifer yeah i really liked jessica jones i watched it uh the first season and i i liked the flash on cw and then when things started connecting too much i was like all right i'm i'm getting lost i don't have time <laughs> i can only invest in star that, wars that's interesting too though that's you know i i so uh, but but for star wars i feel you have to make it connect yeah right. otherwise it's just going to be confusing there's just so much going on in the universe that the p- people got to communicate behind the scenes yeah. and make sure it doesn't have to like totally connect but it right. should have 
something, some references just to make us know that yeah. it's all in the same world. But, like I, I agree with the idea that in, in Star Wars, the movie set the tone. Right. Ryan, Ryan Johnson writes a script and then you start looking, what can we connect books back to? Oh, a compass. Yeah. Oh, a fishing rod. Oh, this stuff. I'm okay with that model. I actually like it. It's just a uh, uh, Mandalorian is an example of, I am such a, a fan of those little interludes of uh, Cobb Vanth in Wendig's Aftermath series that I'm like, don't step on Cobb Vanth. Don't step on him. And that, right. and, and I hope I, I, I trust they'll be respectful of that, but I don't know. I don't know. And, I, and that'll be a key thing for me. Yeah. Like five years in, they've done been doing a great job. So I just yeah. have faith in there their being the canon continuity. Marvel developed this thing where it's it's all happening basically at the same time. And then the, the TV shows, both Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and the, the Netflix are just like they reference things that happens in the movies. Like, like, oh, that thing in New York type of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, like mm-hmm. the event in New York. It gotcha. kind of hangs over everything in the in the Netflix series. So it's kind of big world events, but it's it's one direction. It's movies down to TV shows, right. not ever TV shows. And like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is premiering at a different time so they can just get around uh, Infinity War so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't have to coordinate of like, okay, uh, half of our characters have to turn into dust. But, oh, my uh, gosh. So uh, it, there's a lot going on there, but I mm. think Star Wars is going to get around it because of the timelines because it's more just about general galaxy continuity, right. and it, I think they're not going to be in this place where, you know, obviously Cassie and Andor is going to be Cassie and Andor, and if they put out an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, you know, yeah. maybe. Well, that's not a good example because they might overlap in time. Yeah. Um, but I think if they're careful about not ever having the TV shows and the movies be drawing from the exact same time at timeline yeah. at the same time in a real world, then they won't have those same conflicts that Marvel did. That's there. You Excellent go. point. Yep, and the idea right. of uh, movies flowing down to TV, like if in episode nine, there's a, you know, a reference to a fuel platform, the Colossus, that's awesome. all we would need. Yeah. It's like the ghost show up in Rogue One. Yeah. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can, you can fulfill some of our connective uh, wishes. Yeah. Through just little it's references. It's all real and it's all respected. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's dig into a, a couple of specific stories. Uh, we got this question from Rudy Stratton Matthews, which is a great way to put this all together. Uh, Rudy says, hearing the news of a live action series detailing the backstory of Cassie and Andor is very exciting and has inspired me to rewatch Rogue One. It also got me thinking, how do you feel the story of Rogue One would differ if it was told over a 10 part series rather than a two hour film? Could it have stretched back to include the catalyst content? So this is kind of getting us into our part of the discussion about how does the storytelling actually change? And is it good? Is it bad? So, Let's talk about Rogue One in particular. Mm. Do you think you would have preferred that in TV format? What would have been lost? What would have been gained? Ken? No, only, and this is a hindsight situation, because that third act. I needed right. to see that on the big screen, and I and I think you know uh, we all felt that 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 that's the draw of that movie. Whether you you know you love the movie overall, you, I've heard a lot of people, ah, eh, not my favorite, but ooh, that action third act, that's such some of the best Star Wars out there. Just, yeah. yeah, everything I wanted as a kid, um, with an emotional uh, punch to it. So I can't separate myself from that. But yes, my biggest complaint of Rogue One is sometimes I feel we don't get to know the characters as well as. We should in Acts 1 and 2, and then the novel. That's why it's such a favorite uh, novel of mine is is Alexander Freed got that time, as you yeah. will always have in a book. Um, so Rogue One, the TV miniseries event, I would have been down for that, but I, yeah. But you're happy that you got Happy it. that I got it. We got yeah, yeah, but that but that speaks to something about yeah. a scale of combat in, or, or even just, because ex- maybe they could shoot the exact same thing in that third act. 
could have been three exciting episodes right. <laughs> and of it's, television. And it's still fun on my TV right now right. in my sweatpants at home, but... Wow, that was such a punch for me yeah, yeah. in the theater. Jennifer? Mm, Rudy, I love this question. Great and question. now I, I want it. I want a Rogue One series. I actually would have preferred the Rogue One mm-hmm. as a limited TV series. I think you could really, you have a fantastic actress in Felicity Jones, and you could have really had some even smaller moments, we're talking about smaller moments, of, mm-hmm. of seeing Jin, this character, having flashbacks with her parents, obviously getting more with uh, Jin's mother and father, Galen and uh, Lyra. It, it just, I think it would have been great. It would have also deepened all their relationships and getting to see that on screen to me would have been really fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. On the li- the small screen. On the small screen, <laughs> but a yeah. pretty big one, right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big small screen like we all have at home. Uh, yeah. That's, that's where my, went, my mind went to. I, I love Rogue One, but I do feel like it dropped the ball a little bit on fleshing out the characters and the Rogue One movie, to me, is ultimately the story of how the plans were discovered and how the rebellion truly in the Civil War, Galactic Civil War, truly began. And our hero who happens to take us on this journey is Jyn Erso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a television show would be the story of Jyn Erso. Yes. It would be character first, plot second. It would be about this woman's soul, about her life and her losses and how she overcomes them and all that. Um, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that does get me more excited for TV storytelling when I think about it that way. And the other thing that this made me think of is just cliffhangers. Mm. Big flashing letters, cliffhangers with exclamation points. It's the the serials that George Lucas got this from. It's uh, the same thing that Classic Doctor Who is. Every half hour in Classic Doctor Who, something terrible is about to happen. And I, I tried to imagine Rogue One in the context of cliffhangers, in like imagining like... <laughs> what points... <laughs> The monster vision of the Borgullet is its, it's, its tentacles it wrap around oh his head, gosh. you know. Fade to credits. Yeah, yeah, fade to credits. The credit. last line is Borgullet. And yeah. then that. And, <laughs> ah, and whatever closing Star Wars theme kicks in. Oh, that's uh, I mean, great. Doctor Who in the inspiration of Star Wars share those, those yeah. roots. And obviously, TV shows do do cliffhangers, but man, it would be great to see some of these TV shows lean into to the point where maybe even people go, like, is that too cheesy? And be like, no, this is Flash Gordon serials. <laughs> yes. so it wasn't yeah. Flash Gordon books or comics that George mm-hmm. Lucas was inspired by. It was. That's the reel that mm. you see this Saturday afternoon. It ends on a big cliffhanger, and then next week you have to go back and see, oh, but I thought Flash Gordon just got crushed by the talent yeah. of a giant bird. Did he? Yeah. Like, I want to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's again, what works in all these shows. You're right. That's the DNA of serialized storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, Rudy, great question, indeed, because it's got me thinking, too. I, I, I cannot separate myself from that third act, but the, the idea of... Jyn Erso walking into Saw's, you know, partisan temple and having that moment that's in the books of, hey, is so-and-so alive? No, they're mm. dead. Is so-and-so? Like, that would have been amazing. That would have been powerful. With, uh, an actor, yeah. a- actor like Fel- Felicity Jones's skill level, because I still think that hologram scene with her and her father's some of the best acting in Star Wars, but it would have been that. Yeah, so that that's, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for the Cassian series. <laughs> yeah, you could understand more what the Guardians of the Wills Right on a day-to-day basis, and that might have been more fun information. Anyway, we could talk about this forever, but oh, let's move yeah. on to Solo. So kind of the same question. Uh, I'll, I'll just go first on this one. For me, I think I, I love Solo, and it seems the right way to tell that story, to have that breakneck speed of a movie. And I feel like if there was a Solo television series, the Solo movie 
would have been the first three episodes of a mm. nine episode yeah. story. Agree with that. That's how, I, how how do you when you think about solo being broken up into a television show, Ken? What do you think of? Do you like it? I, oh, I like the idea, and, and I even just casual conf- conversation off air will say, well, hey, you know, to a f- fan who I know isn't as into solo, like, would you, would you have liked it as a ten part miniseries? And their answer is yes, and I would have liked it. I just I you know I think solo was perfectly paced and i think there's stuff there if you want to dig in and um you know infus nest showing up and revealing herself is key to the star wars story at large so that stuff is there that people maybe think it's not so uh i don't necessarily need it to be 10 parts but i think you could continue the adventures i really want to continue the adventures with alden with donald big money big tv show and yeah. see what happens from there and kira and maul as well yeah yeah that's where my mind goes is I, I love the movie. I love the way it is. I love the pace. I don't, I don't want to break that up into a series, but I want to continue the adventures in a TV mm-hmm. series. Yeah. That to me would be very exciting. Yeah. I am totally on the same page uh, with that one. All right. So let's, we talked about this a little bit last week, but the theoretical Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, which might now become a TV series. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. What is your preference, Jennifer? Mm. I know you're not, you're, you're, you're lukewarm on Obi-Wan, right? I'm, You'd be I'm happy, right. but you don't need it. You know what, though? I, I could go either way. As long as you have you Ewan, Ewan McGregor, it, I think you could tell it really small on TV and have a lot of silence in the desert, which I would love to see. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but it could also be very sweeping and grand on the big screen. I don't know. Yeah. Ken? I, I was just rewatching Twin Sons, uh, the season three episode of Rebels we all love. And man, did they just not nail the character and the lessons of Kenobi at the end yes. of his life? And Quiet by a Campsite and all the stuff with Ezra and, 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 and Maul. Like, so it can work. Do, you know, and I think maybe Joseph, you and I are at the we'll take Kenobi as we can get it type yes. of thing. Yes. Um, if it's a YouTube web series, we might yeah. <laughs> a series of toothpaste commercials with Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. If that's all we can get, I'll yeah. take it. Take it. <laughs> Jennifer's yeah, intrigued. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'll take anything. But yeah, in the desert. Um, so, but yes, as I think, I think there would have been a big, big fun third act in a Kenobi movie that I, I think would have worked. But I, I think it also take the time, slow churning series. Give me five episodes. Give me ten. I don't care. I, I would take it as a TV series at this point and, and maybe prefer it. And we've talked about this and we'll talk about it again. Oh, yes. Uh, Kenobi's one of our favorites here. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'll take I, it. I think I'll take anything. I think I would prefer a movie because I feel like, to, to me in my mind, the, his the story that they have to tell with him is focused and tortured. He's yeah. got to accept his place on Tatooine and his mission to guard Luke. And that has to be challenged. That's yeah. to me, that's the story to be told. And I find my think, myself thinking since everything is kind of elastic in moving around and it's a streaming service and they can just do whatever they want. It'd be cool to have like three 90 minute specials. Mm-hmm. If you want to get yeah. a little bit of a sense of cliffhanger, but still keep the story a little bit compact. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, if they do just want to be the Obi-Wan version of Cheers, we just he hangs out at Cantinas. I'll take that too, but I prefer the more compact story. But I, I would want that to be an episode. Absolutely, Kenobi in the in the bar. Kenobi, Kenobi goes to a bar, yeah, yeah for sure. Horrible. And then what's the cliffhanger there? Oh, exciting! Will yeah. he have a second drink? Cliffhanger. Um, the Old Republic. I, I think we all feel like some stories set in the Old Republic are coming eventually. How could they ignore? Yeah the canon truth that Jedi and Sith fought, that Jedi and Mandalorians had wars. 
to me, that makes the, I, I hope that that is what Dan and Dave is doing. That makes the most sense to me to straight, to have a big new epic. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to go to the movie theater and see it. Yeah. But it could be a television show too. Where do you guys fall on that one? What are they? Are they doing movies? Or are they do? They have it's, not said, it's, right? It's, it's a series of movies is all we know. But it could be, as people pointed out, it could be on the streaming service too. Right. Right. I happen to think Dan and Dave are probably like, yeah, we have been one of the biggest things ever on television. We would sort of like to be in the cinema. I think so too. Yeah, it's, it's so going to be theatrical in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm warming up to it. I really am. I think that they're the right people to tackle it. And I think that they're going to make it so it's not just about cool, epic fights. There's going to be, you know, maybe some family drama. I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a lot deeper than just uh, cool action sequences. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm warming up to it. I'm okay. Up to yeah. It. And just uh, for clarity, this is just ongoing fan speculation that it yeah. makes sense. There's been nothing one way or oh, another no. to confirm, yeah. deny, this is just what we think they should do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, so it, therefore it is. It's one yes. of those things that all it all adds up, um, you know, just with, with what they've done and, and uh, you know, how, this this is uncharted territory in Star Wars, official in, in terms of canon now, you know. We know we know the Old Republic Super charted there, yeah. Yeah, and, and, the other, and other forms. Um, I, I think it, it's so I don't think it has to be in a theater. Yeah. Um, and I that might be because of Game of Thrones and what we right. if it's them that telling that story. But I think I I, I Jedi versus Sith, uh, the, the battle of, of, of all time thousands of years ago, that, that's a yeah, it's a good movie. It seems like if, <laughs> if you're making this delineation yeah. that like we we get to dive into a character like yeah. Cassian Andor on television and we'll save the big epic things. Yeah. Then you gotta find something big and epic to put mm-hmm. in in the old cinema right yeah yeah all right final fun question uh we like to put ourselves in the producer's seat you get to green light one movie or movie series in two television shows what do you pick <laughs> you can make it up too it's not out of uh, possible theories that are floating around yeah yeah there. right 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 it's so funny this this uh it changes every every week with what story <laughs> i want to hear because i want to hear yeah. them all yeah, but I love this—the way you phrase it here. One movie or movie series and two TV shows. So I got to think here a, a little bit more. I, 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 I the Cassie and Ander series has inspired my imagination of what could possibly be. Uh, Jen, I don't want to take it. I know we talk often about a young Leia series. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to do there. Mm, yeah. yeah. So that's one of my series. Is that one of yours too? Can no. we? Oh, good. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, so Ken's got a young Leia. I'll do the, I'll do the young series. Leia. I'll do the young Leia. You go. And okay, uh, so for TV shows, yeah. Ewok Adventure. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Or Ewok's Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of them. The second series is the Jedi Academy with a fantastic young ensemble cast Ooh. Uh, in the vein of Harry Potter. Uh, my movie. Se- I'm going to do a movie series. Okay. Okay. The Lando Chronicles. Nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. Nice. I love the use of the word chronicles. Can I follow up about the Jedi Academy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When is this set? Is this? Uh, <laughs> okay. do- it doesn't. It- uh, I have no idea. I mean, uh, yeah. Where do I? Where do I go with it? You know. It could uh, be. Yeah. Lots of different times. Uh, it could be lots of different times. It could be a totally new time. Oh, uh, nice. I don't, I don't know. I okay. don't know. That's not the important part to you. That's the important, not the part, important is part is you're 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 uh, thinking from this very smart perspective of how to 
bring in young kids. I want young kids. I want different houses like Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that would be cool there without being too on the nose. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I did think that was the part where the Jedi have the uh, the sorting robe was a little. <laughs> <laughs> you are in House Windu. Sort you. It will. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Do you want to go? I, I feel it's like almost like a fantasy sports draft here where we're taking oh. our ideas. I don't want to step oh, okay. on you. Yeah. Oh, no, sure. Uh, if you my, gotta, yeah. I'll do my television shows. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. my television know. show is uh, Kenobi, the three-part special. Got it's it. Technically, technically. Uh, uh, it's a streaming. It's undefinable. It's a different <laughs> thing from different perspectives. Yeah. It's a movie. It's a TV show. <laughs> it's a made-for-TV movie of the week. It's a floor but shine. It's Kenobi yeah. being uh-huh. awesome in three parts. Uh, that's, that's my first television okay. show. And then my second television show is called Crimson Dawn, colon, Kira versus Maul. Ah, it yeah. Is, oh, it yeah, is, it's good. the, it's framed around Crimson Dawn and it's Love. following up events. Uh, solo Lando shows up for show. Sure. Han shows up for sure. Hopefully end fits nest. All these, all these cool people, Embo, uh, all <laughs> circling around in there, but it's about what happens to Kira and how does Maul end up on Malachor? I, I love that a lot. I love that a lot. Um, I, I think I finally found, I talk often, you know, you know, everyone knows I love the character of Ray Sloan and I'm fascinated with what happened in the unknown regions. And we haven't, I'm, I'm thinking here, the diaries of Ray Sloan, a TV Ooh, series. Nice, nice, nice. In which nice. she, we have access, maybe it's a hologram, a hollow recording where she documents what happened when they went out there and that can tell the story of the first order can maybe get into some chiss, maybe get into some, uh, you know, not use on Vong, please. No, please. No. Um, <laughs> but looking back on what happened and it mm. ends maybe with her death. Maybe oh. her, I don't know. We'll see. Snoke shows up, got a gold bath. Day 49 guy with bathrobe here. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that might be a way to frame that story. Might be Ezra Bridger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Scar on face. <laughs> Similar. You know, so I, I'm, I'm finally, I've always been like, oh, I'd love to hear this. I'd love to hear this. That might be the way to do it. Her looking back. Right. Almost like a docu-series. On Great. The, on the rise of the first door. Great. Uh, and did you do your movie? Movie I've not. Um, uh, I am. Tr- I, I, I don't want to say like young Palpatine. And yeah. I know that's a favorite of Harloff's there over in Collider. But I would love to find a way on screen to revisit the prequels mm. and make it with a new style. Love George Lucas. Love diving in the prequels. That still gets in my craw a little bit that he was so in love with the technology at the time that, you know, uh, none of the clones are real. You know, like that that yeah. still comes back to me, especially, uh, you know, Rogue One. Dear God, you look at it. You're like, this is this lived in. It's new hope, but like modernized with yeah. our filmmaking process that with the stuff we can do now. A way to get back to the Clone Wars era or the prequel era, maybe closer to Phantom Menace, uh, a rise of Palpatine kind of adaption of Lucino's novel in a weird way, I, I could be really interested. I don't think anyone else would. Yeah. It'd be a bad <laughs> box office, but I'd be seeing it all on the big screen again. Yeah. In, in a more realistic way. Yeah. And a gonk droid. And, and a gonk, gonk droid. droid. Yeah. And then uh, anticlimactic, but my movie series is Old Republic. Just do it. Announce it. Get it out there. I think it is the way to go yeah. for the big, big movie theater. Do you want to see Thousands of Jedi and Sith fight? Yes. Yeah. And so does your grandpa. 
and your three-year-old nephew. Everyone uh. wants to see Jedi and Sith in a massive war. In my day, the Jedi were, were an old man in a cape on the Death Star with a, <laughs> stick, with a laser stick. Well, sometimes the answer is the answer, man, and that one, I, I believe, uh, will happen at one point some way. Well, that was a deep dive. Love it. Like I said, the Force Center way. Uh, really taking this topic and, and looking at it. I, I hope you guys out there listening learned something, had some thoughts confirmed, and now have your own ideas for TV series. Let us know. Pitch them to us. Write them. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll do some kind of weird pitch off. Don't quote me on that. That's not a contest <laughs> we're starting. Uh, but maybe it is. So uh, uh, thank you, Joseph, for taking us through that. You guys will tell you at the end of the show where to reach out. But we do have some audience questions, and we'll, we get some good ones here. So let's dive in here. Going to Twitter. Lloyd Davies at Autour's Nook. I like that name. Uh, I just imagine, like, Spielberg, Lucas, <laughs> Coppola, all in the 70s at the Autour's Nook. Mm. Um, says, uh, speculating responsibly here, rewatching Revenge of the Sith. Is it possible that Palpatine severed Padme's connection to the living force and siphoned it off uh, to Anakin after his duel with Mustafar, and that's why she died. Not of a broken heart. How else would he know Padme has died when she was taken, uh, when she was taken to a secret location to give birth? We have much to learn of the living force as Qui-Gon taught us. So, this is one of those Palpatine theories. Oh, Joseph, put on your hat here. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's uh, two parts to this question that's really fun. I mm-hmm. think uh, that we are to believe that Palpatine was successfully fooled by the ruse of Padme being buried mm-hmm. while pregnant. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some some interesting discussion there of what exactly did Palpatine intend by telling Vader that he killed her. Um, but I don't think Palpatine knows the truth or he would have been on to the twins. So yes. I think Palpatine was successfully fooled about Padme's public death I've and always, public funeral. always interpreted it that way. Yeah. It was a lie designed yeah. to go to the core. And that's why Vader is also so mad later on when he, wait, you lied you to me? You lied to me? You said yeah. I killed her? Said, yeah. Um, but, but. Uh, in terms of the whole how did Padme die and this right. this theory that uh, Palpatine did something, I love this theory. I've read uh, in-depth article. I don't personally agree that there's like evidence for it in the mm-hmm. film, but I love it as headcanon. I would love it to be explored that Palpatine did some sort of dark ritual or maybe even it's not even of Palpatine. Anakin's a chosen one made of power made by the mm-hmm. midi-chlorians. Maybe there is some power of... They they were these star-crossed lovers where they they could not live together. And as Anakin yeah. died spiritually, somehow so did Padme because they were connected. I think those ideas are really fascinating to play with. Definitely, Jen. Yeah, I really like this explanation. Um, the idea that she died of a, of a broken heart, you know. Um, but this, to me, makes it uh, a little bit more, um, like, uh, helpless. She really was helpless in that she could not, she could not. There was no way she was going to survive. Um, I don't know. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I can't think right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it, it, it's, it's, it's deep I'm, stuff because I'll tell you what. I've, I'm, getting, I'm losing my connection you, to the living you, force. You lose, <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. It's deep stuff, Jim, but I, I really think George, just in his George way, was like, no, nah, she died of a broken heart. Right, exactly. I really, I kind of think it just, she even says it, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Right, like, yeah. Yeah, and she's I, lost the will to live right. according to the analysis droid, whether it's correct or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, too. Mm-hmm. Ooh, bah. Um, but if you were to ask George, you'd be like, well, what? No, Palpatine didn't. What? No, she died of a broken heart. Uh, it's the worst George I've ever done. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love the ideas and Palpatine's strong enough. But I just think in the end of the day, like he was fooled as well. It yeah. was, it, he was fooled. He was fooled. 
and that was part of it, and and that is uh, that's pays off later on for me. But it's it's fascinating. So I I I've read a lot of the theories, Lloyd, and I can I can accept some of those uh, happening if they were ever put down in, in story. Yeah, but I still think it is it is what it is. Uh, but you're right, Qui Gon is right. Much to learn. Joe Frick at Frickator says, what's the Star Wars dragon you're chasing? Love that phrase in there. Uh, meaning, what gave you a feeling you've been trying to capture ever since? For me, it's a battle of season two finale, Rebels with Ahsoka, Vader, and Maul. Great one there, Ahsoka versus Vader. Um, so chase that dragon, Jed. Yeah. Chase it. Ah, you know, I think, uh, fortunately, I catch the dragon every time <laughs> I go to the, the movies and watch a new Star Wars film. I, mm. I really try to go back to the mindset of when I was a kid where it's just like, I'm just happy that there are Star Wars around, whatever it might be. And so I think that I go into the movie theater, I let all my negativity or any sort of expectations you know, go away, and I just, I just allow the dragon to overtake me so that I can think happy thoughts and just watch the film and enjoy mm. it. And then afterwards, of course, I dissect it. And then yeah. I watch it five more times and really dissect it. <laughs> but it's that first initial viewing that I, I want it to remain sacred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's really smart. And then you can dissect the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think uh, this is a great question. I think for me, the, the feeling like that of like, oh, I've been hungering for this is uh, that first showing that I saw of, of Solo. Mm. It was just so fist pumping. And I felt like all of the ideas came together in just such a perfect conclusion to have... Han and Chewie be so excited to go on this adventure and, you know, push that control and go rocketing. Like, it, it, that, that just made me feel like a kid where, again, it, those analysis mm. brain got turned off a little bit and just like, this is a spectacular adventure with amazing characters. Yeah, uh, it's it's so funny. We all kind of mentioned going back to that initial point as a kid. I think that that says something about Star Wars in general. And for me, like you, you guys have heard me just wax poetic about that Admiratus jumps out of light speed moment, and it's so simple. The fleet arrives, and 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 as Admiratus of the Rebel Alliance, all, all all squads, you know, report in. That's so simple, but to me, it means so much because it takes me back to Jedi. Yeah, it takes me back to not just a big silly space battle, but something at stake, something going on. And when when they show up, I remember for some theater was like, <gasps> like we got we got ourselves to fight. Yeah, the your heroes here. are here to fight. They're You're here. not alone. Your heroes are here. Like, yeah. And I love that the first shot is is uh, over what I, I believe is General Merrick's X wing coming out of hyperspace and seeing. And there's already some ships there and everything's going on, but it's such a great view. And that is the feeling I sometimes. That's the the thing I chase. It's like, yeah. can I have that? <gasps> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. as I had at seven watching, uh, you know, a lot of things going on in Return of the Jedi. Joe, great question. Great question. Uh, on Patreon, we got our supporters over there. We take two questions from them. Carry on, Spike. Good ship. Good ship. Growing up, whatever Star Wars toys I had, the ones I liked the most always had a lightsaber. Something about how far-fetched and cool these elegant weapons are just unlocks my creativity and sense of fun. Still to this day, a lightsaber is the object that feels the most Star Wars to me. What is it in the Star Wars universe that feels the most Star Wars to you, that could, that could be toys where he's going there, but uh, mm-hmm. to you, Joseph, what, what, what feels Star Wars? I think uh, I agree that a yeah. lightsaber, that you know, that ignition sound and the hum, but mm-hmm. in, in chasing a different answer, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the rebel symbol, that spirit of hope mm-hmm. and, and power and fighting and resistance, uh, the feeling of Admiral Raddatz popping into mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the battle, that's, that's the rebel symbol. And then I was thinking when I was watching Resistance, 
of what often feels like Star Wars to me is just a room full of weird aliens doing mundane things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like drinking or playing a game or shopping at a market. It, you just immediately get that lived in universe. And when the Star Wars aliens are designed well, they're just kind of not like any other alien you'd see anywhere. And you just feel back in this strange galaxy yeah. far, far away. It's a great point. Great point. I'm going to go with a character and it's Chewbacca. Two reasons. Mm. I was looking at Christmas stockings and there was a Chewbacca stocking and all it was was just some brown fur with his bandolier. And I'm like, oh, it's Chewy. And then I was driving on the 10 freeway and there was a billboard and it was a black and white picture of Chewy's face. But then he was on a body that had like a T-shirt and chains. I was like, what is this Star Wars advertisement? (laughs) It was for an EDM dance party. <laughs> wow. Nothing to do with Star Wars, and I was like, "Why? Uh, where? Why, we? Why?" But it's like it's amazing how like synonymous Chewy is for me. Like a face, you know, the mm-hmm. hair and the the teeth, the growl. Yeah, that is Star Wars. That's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to not have lightsabers be the answer because I was, right. I- if if you walk in the room and there's a toy lightsaber on the table on the floor, you grab it. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "Oh, is this yours?" And you play with it. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 an answer too. But but. There's something about shapes and designs, and I think it traces back to Vader. So I could jokingly say, hey, capes. Uh, capes are very much a part of Star Wars. But that Vader design, it was so, I mean, just magical how they settled on that one, especially when we look at a lot of the concepts. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's a flow to it, mm-hmm. and you could just see that helmet. I'm Actually, I'm looking on uh, right now. There's a Star Wars trilogy CD set in the background. There's that Vader helmet, uh, and it's that image of Vader. And that translates to uh, Boba Fett, Captain Phasma. Kylo Ren, you see that design, you see that one character that like, ah, oh, that looks like a Star Wars bad guy or a Star yeah. Wars villain. or, And I think there's something about that that traces back to Vader. So Chewbacca and Vader, <laughs> whose soul is the better one? <laughs> Chewy's. Chewy. Carry on, Spike. Thanks for that one. Robin Nielsen says, hello there. I should do it again. Hello there. Uh, my question is about fans wanting Raylo. Oh, this is great. I think Ray deserves better than a man who kidnapped and tortured her in episode seven. And then episode eight turns his back to her when she asked for help and shot and stopping the war because Kylo was more interested in power. Should Ray really end up with this violent and selfish man, even if he is sorry about it in episode nine? All right. This is a pretty big topic. Here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's dive in. Yeah, it's, we, we should do a whole Raylo episode. Um, yeah, I, I think this is definitely one to just talk about. The Start with the caveat that it's really complex and people mm-hmm. want Raylo for lots of different uh, reasons. I did an episode of Obsessed with a friend of mine about fan fiction mm. and just really got a, a great insight of like uh, how much sometimes wanting something like this is just playing with the idea of it, of what if, mm. and not ever thinking like, yes, this is right for the character, this right, should right. happen, but just like, what would it be like if me, someone like Ray, who's a mm. good person, did become really close to somebody who is awful like Kylo? So I think some of the Raylo is just. Mm-hmm. Healthy, playing around with ideas. Right. Uh, in terms of really wanting it to happen, I love the idea of Ray and Kylo, as we talked about, being very intimately connected, mm-hmm. but not necessarily sexual. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's such intimacy when they touch fingers. And I feel like, the, you know, them as the twin protagonists of the sequel trilogy, that they have this great power that maybe nobody else understands. And Kylo is the way he is because he rejected his parents and Rey is the way she is because she wants parents. There's mm. so many fascinating things to pull them together. Mm. I wa- I'm kind of a Raylo person. Yeah. But I do not need to have them be like, yes, I want them to kiss lots in episode nine. <laughs> I want it to be more about how do we handle this? Like we're 
connected in many, many ways and we can't change that. So how do we deal with that? You know, spiritual Raylo. I'm a spiritual Raylo. I'm a Kylo apologizes, but he gets put on a prison planet. And once every five years, Ray visits him. Yeah. Raylo. Look, there's, there is a, this is a great question by Rob, but you, this, there's a lot to this. You're so right. Like a lot of things, there's a lot of levels to it. Cause I I just know some people who are like, Oh, that's hot. Yeah. And that's it. And that and that's and that's their answer. I know. I know a lot of them were like, oh, yeah, Kylo, Ray, give it to me. Yes. <laughs> I've had. I've, OK. Um, people just walking down the street. I'm telling you, see your Star Wars shirt and you're like, oh, oh, Raylo, yeah. Raylo, hot, <laughs> H-A-W-T. Um, but also like I, the way Robin's phrasing, it, I agree. Yeah. If uh, whoever Ray wants, man, woman, alien. That's her. That, that should be this character's choice. And everything he's saying is like, yeah, Ray. If I'm your uncle, I'm going to pull you aside and be like, don't, maybe this isn't the right choice for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's some real world <laughs> stuff there that I think Robin's uh, 100% right on. But in, in story, they are, to me, connected. I don't need it to be romantic. You're so right, Joseph. They're, they're just, they are, it's almost like the force is saying, you two got to figure something out. Yeah. There's something. You're like the here. ultimate college dorm room people. Like, yeah. you just have to be together yeah, and in I, some way. And again, doesn't necessarily mean romantic, but, but yeah, yeah uh, there's something going on there. I like, the, I like that Ryan Johnson played with that in episode eight. Mm-hmm. Kind of this, oh, are they, aren't they? Yeah. Clearly it was resolved at the end where I think that we're going to start off nine. And she's like, I'm not trusting you again. What I hope is by the end of the film is that that intimacy is still there, right? Not romantic, but that they have a mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. And not that she thinks that she can change him or or that he can, right, you know, right. whatever to her. I think that there's just got to be like, okay, we, we, we know each other on a level that nobody else understands us. And you're going to have to be banished to an island, Kylo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's the way it is. I want this to be this whole new uh, kind of series of romance novels that's like, I visit my bad prison boyfriend on an island. (laughs) 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 He's not good enough for me. I can't be in a relationship with him. But a little prison island visit. So be it. We should do Force Center (laughs) investigates the Raylo phenomenon. The Raylo phenomenon. Yeah, there's a lot there. Very complex. Absolutely. Robin, Carrie on Spike, Joe, Lloyd, thank you for your questions. If you have a question for us, several ways to reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We have the Facebook page. Uh, Force Center Podcast is where you can find us. ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.Net is our website with links to our YouTube page, Instagram, and all those things. And then merch, man, we just had Cyber Monday. Uh, the holidays are coming up. Show the, your love of Force Center and share it by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get yourself an emotional pork shirt. Tweet a pic. We'll reshare. Podcast available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And Patreon, Joseph, is where we also do a lot of hard work. That is right. We are building to new goals. We want to do commentary for all the Star Wars movies. And you can help us uh, by, if you have it, if you're interested, sharing a dollar or two a month with us to get to those big goals. You can find out all about it at patreon.com slash center. Absolutely. We got our own stuff going on, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Let me tell you about my little prairie dog. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I went there. Uh, you can Perfect. find me on all the social media sites at <laughs> Jennifer Landa. I have been absent online, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back with a vengeance. 
but a good kind of vengeance. Good kind of vengeance. Uh, yes. Intellectual vengeance, yes. Tune in to Jennifer Landa for good vengeance in prairie dogs and Star Wars <laughs> costumes, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I oh, love yes. that. Joseph, Joseph. What's your kind of vengeance? Uh, my, my, mine's the, uh, just passive-aggressive vengeance. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> so you might sense a little vengeance, but I'll deny it. Uh, that's the way of my people. Uh, I try to fight that. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then you can check out my website for all the other stuff I'm doing. Got a bunch of live shows coming up in Los Angeles. Uh, Friday, November 30th, I have my game night variety comedy show. Doing another one of those story collider shows with a bunch of awesome guests. All sorts of stuff. All on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Hey, if you are local and you haven't checked out one of Joseph's uh, comedy shows, uh, highly recommend them. Aww. Always fun. Fun evening to hang out. I always uh, try to get there. Bum when I can't sometimes. Um, so if I know a lot of you are local. Check it out. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsuck, napsuckfiles.podomatic.net. I have a kennapsuck.com. I'll link them one day. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> got to find a button. Uh, so check that out, uh, including my stuff on YouTube. And I will have some information. I don't have it yet, but yes, there are some shows happening uh, over like the Schmoes world, uh, or me and Mark Ellis uh, and Josh McCuga. Uh, all, all, all I'll say is look to Arizona. But more information on that soon. So that is it. Deep dive like we do. And we know you love it. We appreciate uh, spreading the word and listening here on Force Center for Cassian, for The Mandalorian, and for all the TV shows we are definitely going to (laughs) get because we want them. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.